Welcome to the Investment Dojo Podcast, where I'm being interviewed by Super Cindy from Miami Zone 99 Jams. Let's get in it. 99 Jams Community Matters, your girl Super Cindy. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Hope everybody's feeling awesome. And live in the studio, I'm speaking to the author of a book titled, Who's Your Daddy? What Every Son Needs to Know. And the author is Kevin Davis Sr. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. How are you feeling on this Sunday? I'm blessed. I woke up. (laughs) Okay. And now you're here. Yes, ma'am. So we got to talk about it. What exactly is your book, Who's Your Daddy? What Every Son Needs to Know About Briefly? Because we're going to break it down more, but briefly, what is it about? Okay, it's uh, it's a roadmap for my son. So I am maybe 20 years older than my wife. Mm-hmm. So I said, what if I don't, I don't make it to the 18th birthday? I need him to know how to mm-hmm. take care of himself financially, his inheritance, and everything. So, wow. Yeah. So this is your son on the cover? Yeah. He's super cute. Thank he looks you. just like you, too. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, like, did anything happen that made you write this book? Like, I know you just said, like, you're 20 years older than your wife, so you mm-hmm. thought, like, I'm 20 years older, I might leave first and right. not be able to raise my son till he's 50, 60, 70, mm-hmm. and I got to school him as a dad. Is right. that, like, what basically... Yeah, I felt like I needed him to hear the story straight from me, and I need him to understand what I knew to build my net worth so, mm. so he doesn't squander it. You know. Okay. Yeah. So let's find out a little bit about you. Um, where are you from? Like, what is your history? Uh, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, back and forth to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what well, I mean, I used to make rec- rap records back in the eighties. Okay. Early nineties. Well, is it a record that we would know? Yeah, I'm well, sure you do. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna make you do it, Kevin. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Well, it's called Stomp. It okay. was on Warner Brothers Records, okay. uh, 1989 release. Okay, awesome. Mm. You know, when you walked in, I was like, you look so familiar, but I don't know, like, if you look like someone <laughs> I know or something. And then when you told me, I was like, that's exactly who you are. It's the video music box, I remember. Was oh, it? boy, yeah, yeah Ralph McDaniels. Shout out, mm-hmm. yeah. After I left seventh grade, walked him, watched it. I'm like, okay. And do my <laughs> dance on, okay. All right, so let's talk about... What has, okay, so you said you were in the music industry, Mm -hmm. the music business. Correct. What are some of the things, like, what was your journey like in the music business? Oh, boy. Did you know what you were doing? Were you clueless? How old were you when your hit record came out? Uh, 22. Did you know what the heck was going on? No. You were just happy to have a record in the club? I was happy to have a (laughs) bunch. I got the same introduction that everybody got to the music business. You know, you met a couple of people, took a lot of things from you, you didn't know anything, and then, Mm -hmm. hey, you had a hit record, you were just the front, and your money was going somewhere else. And, the, and then at the end of the day, you were left with nothing but a hit record. Yes, that ma'am. Everybody knew your face. Yeah, they knew me. you were rich. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly How awesome right. is that? Uh, not so often. How did you not deal so awesome. with that? Like, because I know, like, back in the 80s, 90s, you know, we're all hanging out in New York mm-hmm. and this and that. And then once you have a hit record, they think you're going to be walking around with a Jeep and just all the, all the typical stereotypes. <laughs> it, it's crazy because it's funny when I think about it. Um, I, did, I lived in a studio apartment mm-hmm. having a hit record, did not buy a new car, mm-hmm. did not think to move out of the place, did not do anything with the money except for spend it. And I must have made over $2 million. Wow. And what did you spend it on? You Do you know? Clothes, food, and people, family, hands out, not hands up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's some real... But you know what? That's something that hasn't changed from then to now. Nope. No, I mean, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I, I, I wrote the book, mm-hmm. because I was like, you know what, 
you know, God rest my dad. But, you know, from generation to generation, we kept being left with zero. We got to start mm. over again. So I was like, nah, we ain't doing Just that here. Just the name is what we're carrying nah, around. Nah, doing that no more. <laughs> <laughs> so after the music industry, like, what happened in your life? Like, what were you doing? Did you continue, like, doing music? Or what was the journey like? So I, I was managing Easy Mo B for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he made Flavor in Your Ear, major hip-hop producer. Yeah. I was managing my man, Rozelle from The Roots. He's, like, oh, my okay. best friend. The one who makes the sound. Yeah, the beatbox. Yeah. Right. And then... Uh, you know, I did that for, I was managing uh, Denon Porter from Eminem's group, D12. Okay. And, you know, doing a lot of producers, and, and that was it. And then I became a stockbroker. Ooh. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people now on Instagram, like, doing stocks and trying to teach people how mm -hmm. to do it. I'm, I'm clueless in the whole lane, mm -hmm. but I know a lot of people personally that some make money and some don't. Yeah. What do you suggest for the people listening that may ha be clueless like me? Mm-hmm and want to get into it is it a good way to like make money and invest or there eh, like what should they do step one read mm. read one of the things like my dad always said everything's in the books you don't read mm -hmm. so like there's a book i always recommend to my clients and friends called um one up on wall street by peter lynch this mm -hmm. guy in 1977 to 1990 averaged 29 percent year over year every single year for 13 years he took uh, i think it is 20 million and turned it into 13 billion Mm. So, you know, the whole thing behind it is start with what you know, but you yeah. got to read. And a lot of times, like, you see people with, like, Forex is the big thing. Mm -hmm. No, that's not <laughs> it. Bitcoin, no, that's not it. Mm -hmm. You know, weed stocks, that's not it either. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to really know what you're doing and kind of get the information through reading. You really do. So that's, like, the step one, read that mm. book. Re yeah, read and that book. It, and even though it was written long ago, it still oh, it's still related to now. Buy what you know. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, Lululemon. I was buying that stock when it was in the 100s. It's 200 and like 20 something right now. You know, just read. You know, Square Cash. You use Cash App at all? Yes, I do. It was $24 a share when I started buying it. And now you're, what, the 2017? It's mm -hmm. like uh, 60 something now, but it went to 101. Mm. Read. And then once you, like, I teach research. I have an investment club called Investment Dojo. Okay. So I just kind of teach people to do it. I can't do it because I'm not licensed anymore in that area. Mm -hmm. But I, like, tell people, take personal responsibility for what you have to do for your family. Because if you depend on somebody else and they do you wrong, you can't point fingers because you didn't know. Alone. Yeah. And you didn't know because of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. no. See, I lost <laughs> a lot of money to get this lesson. Mm. Ooh, I got that work. <laughs> so when you met your wife, who's 20 years younger, mm -hmm. and... I don't know if you guys discussed having children or didn't. Like, were there any reservations? That did it just happen or whatever? But were there any reservations because of the age difference of having a child? Like, cause if for that book to come up in your mind, like, what yeah. were, what was the thought process? Well, first of all, mm -hmm. I was set up by my friend Gabby. I, I used to own a mortgage, I mean, an insurance company, a mortgage company, but I used to own an insurance company where I met my wife, and I wasn't even paying attention to her. <laughs> Thanks, Gabina. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, and it kind of set me up. It was the best setup ever. But anyway, um, we got together, like, on accident. It was mm -hmm. like kismet, you know. So, mm -hmm. and we didn't, it wasn't about step one, step two, step three. It was like, we're here now. <laughs> well, what, well, what you going to do with it? <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden, I'm 51 with a baby. Like, mm, and you had, did you have other children? Nah, that was it. Whoa! So you had your first child at fifty-one. Yeah. So that was the whole. But, so that's what the answer to the question earlier. Mm -hmm. That was the thing, and I was in. You know, the funny thing they had this whole big debate on Facebook about should I cut the umbilical cord? I was like, I don't want to do that. 
do it. <laughs> but, you know, it's the craziest thing. And that's what, um, sitting in the hospital, and I saw that happen, and it just blew my mind. And, my, and at the time, ironically, my dad was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Mm. So, um, once that Going happened, that emotion of it was crazy. a new child and losing, losing your everything. Yeah, so mm. that right there was the craziest thing. And I, um, I remember when I found out about, a, I would say maybe two or three weeks later, I took my newborn in the car and drove 23 hours. We drove 18 hours straight. For what? what, what to go it? see my dad to put that oh. baby in his hand. Because I didn't know whether he's going to check out early. Because he died, I think, uh, three months after he was mm. diagnosed. So I had to do it. That drive was worth it. Like, oh, no doubt. I was I was good. <laughs> we, she, we got to, it was so funny because we had to keep stopping because mm-hmm. she had to breastfeed. Yeah. Then we got to a point where it's like, like, hold him in your hand, put your seatbelt on. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it that way. Just keep going. <laughs> yes, like, ma'am. 33 hours later. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wow. So... At the, how old is your son now? He's 16 months. So how has fatherhood at 51 Ooh, it's, been? It's the bomb. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I put that dated word out there, but it is it's the bomb. I am. Um, I can't. I, it's everything. You can't even imagine. Yeah, it's it everything. Was. Yeah, no, it's, it's everything. everything. I spent a lot of time with him. Like mm-hmm. I took off five and a half months this year from work just to chill out with him. Oh, you know, that I mean, bond. every every second is important. Yeah, it is because you know most people put the priority of money chasing in front of everything, and they kind of mm-hmm. tag it as that doing it for my family. Mm-hmm. What if I don't make it to tomorrow? They're not gonna remember the money made. Hello. So I got to spend that time. You. Right. Let's get it. So let's talk about the process of creating the book. Oh, now I I see where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure you were up at night, like yo. I just love this kid so much and I can't even imagine if I, God forbid, should happen to leave the earth and he's here without the guidance of me. Yeah. So how did this process come about with the book? Okay, so this is, uh, so uh, it's my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her, like, I always say women are like super women, you know, mm-hmm. she gets up at two, three, four, five. Whenever <laughs> that baby needs to eat, mm-hmm. she's up, she's, it's like she's punch drunk, but she's doing her thing. So <laughs> I sat up there and I was in, I was, I had to go away on a business trip. So I went to Vegas and, uh, I remember the day I started writing a book it was May and I was sitting up there going, I need to do this thing. So the first two pages was, I was bawling. Mm. It was a, and then, which is ironically what people say when they read the first two pages. Is like page, like I got a text the other day. Someone was like, page one, page two, 96, 103 to 107. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, wow. but um, so she was, uh, you know, that was my major inspiration. And I, went, mm-hmm. I needed her to understand as well as him to understand what to do. So that's probably her scenario. I'm writing a book for her scenario soon, mm. you know, because so I, it's basically for both of them. Because yeah. obviously she's the one reading it now. Well, yeah, like, or you know, yeah, so he can't read it till he's 18 years old. But yeah. the main point behind it was that we don't leave diagrams or roadmaps. We leave suggestions and wisdom, but we don't leave it. We don't write it down. There's no scrolls. There's nothing there for us. So that leaves everyone still trying to figure, figure it, out. it out. We can't mm-hmm. start on zero. Oh no, <laughs> we ain't doing that no more. It's a wrap. So the process of the book, let's get into that. Like, what was it? You were in Vegas. I'm in Vegas. Okay. So here's my thought process. I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this. And I'm very mathematical now. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write three, four pages a day. I'm going to get up at four in the morning. I know I got to be to work at like nine. So I'm going to do it for three hours from four to seven. I'm going to bang this out. I got to have, I want it to be 200 pages. So it'll probably take me six weeks. 
and it took me exactly six weeks. Wow. And then I had, then I sat up there and I went through it again to do some rewrites just mm-hmm. to, because you know, it was pouring out of me. And what the amazing process is that I'd never chaptered the book. I never outlined just it. Wrote. It was just my story. So I just went down and when I went back, God is good. I just, the way it worked out, it was just perfect. And then it's like 30 chapters. You know how some authors go through years of rewriting, writing, overthinking, this and that. God, whatever God gives me, I'm going to put out. I I feel like because this book is so personal to you and so many other people can relate, because it's not even, honestly, I don't feel like it's a book for fathers that are older than the mom that could mm-hmm. it's a dad book it's, a, it's every son a daughter yeah book right when you when you when you actually get into the story it's so many things for so many people mm-hmm. i mean it's it depends on where you are in your lane mm-hmm. but uh i've heard so much over the last you know month or so since i actually put it out so i'm like it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing i can't complain so six weeks in, you wrote the book, you finished it, you looked at it. What next? What did you do next? Like, okay. did anyone know that you were writing this book, or they, like, how they, did you get it published and well, they, put they, out? And well, they 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 kind of knew. I said I'm writing a book for my son, but it wasn't going to be a book for everyone. Mm. So it wasn't for anyone. Okay. So the reason why is because my um my author my uh my editor mm-hmm. Brandy Dr. Mm-hmm. Brandy Nash. Mm-hmm. She um she got it and she was like you got to put this thing out. I was like Ugh. so I <laughs> so I sent it to like twenty of my like like big Les is a really good friend of mine. I sent mm-hmm. her a copy. I sent a lot of copies to different places. I said now listen, this is not for the roses. This is for the stones. I need you to protect me. Mm-hmm. I need to know if this is too much. Yeah. So people were like nah. And then one of my people it t- took her six hours to read the book. She read it the first day. She got it, knocked it down, and I was she was in balls. She was in tears the whole time, and she's like I didn't know. There's a lot. But you know what I think, too, is that I think what contributed to the fact that it was a six-week process mm-hmm. is because you were writing it for your son. You weren't writing it for the purpose of everybody's eyeballs. So mm-hmm. you just poured out everything. And then everyone, after they read it, like, come on, man. You can't keep that to yourself. Right. Share it. Well, I said son probably a thousand, a thousand <laughs> times in this book. So people realized it was really his guy. You know, to like how to carry himself, you know, how to think about how how do you think about college? Like, I don't believe in college. I believe in business school. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, if you went to college, like, no, let's say you walk into a bank and said, mm-hmm. I want a quarter million dollars because I want to go to college. What's the chances are they going to give you that loan? Zilch, right? Exactly. So why are you taking a student loan for a quarter million dollars only to get out of school and have yeah, all this debt and not even work in the same field? It's like bait and switch. Studied. Yeah, so it didn't make sense. So to me, it's like, listen, how about I give you some seed money? Mm-hmm. And you start, you go to college for the business model you want to create mm-hmm. and get your backers, go to the right colleges so you can meet the right people, you know, because like uh, I got another book I just finished called mm-hmm. Get Your Money a Job. And I'm like, listen, if I never read the books, I would never know that Steve Jobs, Michael Dell, none of these people had the college degrees. Hmm. I was like, well, well wait a so minute. so respected in their lane. What? Microsoft, they're... Apple, Bill mm-hmm. Gates, none of them, no college degrees. And, you know, and, it, and, and it's not that I don't, I don't, I'm big on education. Yeah. I'm just how you use it, how you pivot. Don't put yourself in debt for yeah. that. <laughs> your, if you're not going to be an um, owner of a business because not everybody's meant to do that, mm-hmm. you can put yourself in a position to run one mm-hmm. for someone and make mm-hmm. a top coin so this way you can invest it. But I'm like, listen, you should invest every dollar you get a hand on. 
because it's like, for instance, I was listening. Um, I, I shared something on Facebook the other day how a senator was talking about how you should pay your college off with your 401k. And I was like, that has got to be the stupidest idea on the planet. <laughs> Why were they saying that? Because if you th because. OK, so the whole deal with 401ks came about because of pensions. Um, pensions were were res the responsibility of the corporation. Mm -hmm. Then they flipped it to you. Mm -hmm. Right. To take care of your own self, which is kind of like an oxymoron because we don't know anything about investing. So we're not um. going to fund it. Right. So anyway, and just doing simple math, if you look at the uh, if you let's say you had one hundred fifty thousand dollars in your 401k, if you put three hundred dollars away every single month for 44 years, you'd have two point seven million. If you spend that money on your education to pay off the one hundred fifty thousand dollar loan, you'd only have seven hundred fifty two thousand. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Insanity. But people when you don't put know. It like that, we're like, wait a minute, am I being dumb over <laughs> Right. I was like, well, wait a minute. But we don't know, though. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And because we're like, ah, oh, good. We, we put more pleasure in trying to get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to get the debt out the way. Debt is good. Yeah, they can wait. I'll pay myself first. Hello. Today is pay yourself first Fridays. You know, when you think about it, how yeah. I look at it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I say every, every, every day you got to pay yourself. Let's talk about like the young people. I, I think like the like I was having a conversation that I feel like financial education should mm -hmm. be included in high school, middle school. Yeah. Because when I left, my parents didn't teach me anything about that. And when mm -hmm. I got into college, I had every Tupperware set and every credit card in existence, and I didn't even have a job. And Amway. I'm like, how are they giving me all these credit cards? But I had no concept. I knew I had to pay it, but I was like, okay, I'll pay it later, I guess. Right. But when shopping out of control, by the time I was like 22, 23, my credit sucked. That's crazy. And I had no credit. But it was because no one taught me. My parents never talked about credit to me, mm -hmm. never nothing. So my whole thing is I've always said that, from the beginning, at this point, the way everything is going, we need to start teaching our young people from that. So the way that you're speaking, what words of encouragement, because then it, it, it goes from generation to generation of not knowing, mm -hmm. and it just passes on and passes on. Mm -hmm. So like, what words of encouragement do you have for the, like, the young people that are clueless, didn't learn it from their parents? What things should they be doing to like... Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, because social media, is n they see all these beautiful, glamorous, shiny things, but, like, don't get the concept of what, what it, it is. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is that, number one, there's the old economy and there's the new economy. So mm -hmm. social media, whether you know it or not, like, they got that kid, uh, the 22-year-old, I mean, the 7-year-old who made $22 million last year with on YouTube. Yeah, with the toys. Mm -hmm. And now his whole line is at Walmart, Target, absolutely. everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so whether they know it or not, they can create their own waves, you know, and do their own things, but they got to really focus on buying what they know and investing in what they know instead mm -hmm. of like I always say monetize what you patronize so if you're going to go out and support a product learn how to research it and see if it's a public product because chances are if you love it someone else loves it and if the company's doing well buy it as well as buy the product so this way at least you get some money back mm. you know because it's so funny like I, I make the joke about Wakanda we rushed to that movie but oh. Marvel Comics did not cut a check to us no. It was a black movie, and I put black in quotes. Right, right, right. But we <laughs> was wearing the garb. We was doing all of that extra stuff. But it was no checks being funneled to the hood. African clothes in the movie. <sighs> so, you know, just be more conscious about how you spend your dollars. You know, mm -hmm. it's all right to enjoy your life. When I was young, I enjoyed my life. I went through a lot of money, but, you know, but I learned a lot of lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. So I would like them not to have my lessons because they were painful. 
they were extremely painful. But at the same time, they make a lot more money these days. So if they could just, you know, listen, I always say break your checks into three three uh, zones. Mm. One is for your bills, one is for your leisure, and others for your investment. Mm. And never sacrifice paying yourself first. Pay yourself first. I don't care. If the bills do, you know how we work. We got a 30-day time frame on that and a 15-day, you understand? Hello. Pay yourself first and stretch. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'll pay the late fee if I'm going to pay me first. I'll pay myself like a bill. And once I pay myself, that money locked up. Okay. So we're here speaking to Kevin Davis Sr., his book, Who's Your Daddy? What Every Son Needs to Know. And he even said slash daughter. So every part, everybody needs to know this. Mm. What? Okay. So you ha you break down a lot of personal stories mm -hmm. in here. Mm -hmm. If you could share one story with us right now, like it's a lot. But like what story sticks out that you would like to share? And you don't have to like say the whole thing because mm -hmm. then they won't read the book. So right. um, what's, what's a Ooh. lesson or a story that you spoke to your son okay. about? I'll give the whole, I'll give this uh, uh, a summation of one of the stories. So okay. I did not, so I am, uh, you know, I guess my steps, my stepdad is the only father I know. Okay. Right. So when I was younger, I used to be like, if he was on fire, I wouldn't throw water on him. I mm. hated him. Like. To, like to the core, right? Because very abusive at, the, at that point in stage. Mm -hmm. um, when I got older, mm -hmm. I realized that he was younger. He was in his 30s when he met my mom. And how many 30-year-olds you know are mature? So I said, you know what? Let me uh, give him a second shot. Mm -hmm. So when I did that, he became my everything. Mm. So that the whole lesson behind that is don't judge the book by the cover. You know, go three layers deep. You might find something there that you can keep. Definitely. I know, like, you know, when we think about our childhood and maybe someone who didn't be on the positive side of our childhood mm -hmm. and like you breaking it down like that, like we don't get it as kids. Mm -hmm. And then as we grow and we learn being an adult is not far from me. It's far from easy. Mm -hmm. And for like what how did you grow into that space that you could just break it down like that? <sighs> well, from throwing not throwing water on them to driving twenty miles. Yeah, to, yeah, to being like totally in love with them, right? The, um, twenty hours, not twenty. 20 hours. I know what you mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um it was just lessons. When I when I was in my thirties, I found that I needed a man's advice, and you know whatever like the re reality, he was there for everything. Matter mm. of fact, if I did not seek that counsel, I wouldn't be here today, standing as firm as I am. Mm. He made me super solid. He's part of his book. I would have never made the records that I made be without him because mm. he bought my first car to put me in position to get my manager and everything else. I would have never every business that I had, he supported. It's just. It's the craziest thing, and I could have been an angry teenager and an angry youth and angry in my 30s, but I chose not. This, that's not it. And then I always had a certain type of insight. So he taught me how to play chess when I was seven. So, you know, it's, and I mentioned it, focus, analyze, respond. So mm -hmm. sometimes you got to sit back and think before you speak. 95.5, learn from the universe. Don't talk all the time. And when you do that, you kind of get the answers. You understand? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people talk to be talk and hear themselves talk, but they don't really know what the conversation's about. Mm -hmm. So that's the deal with that. So let's talk about this book again. It's called, it's titled, Who's Your Daddy? What Every Son Needs to Know. You were the author written by your father, and you wrote that on the cover. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to put your son on the cover? You know, he's, not. <laughs> he's so cute. Okay, so here's a, there's a story to that picture. Mm -hmm. That was his birthday that took that picture. He... Mm -hmm. Listen, we was on a road trip, a family road trip, mm -hmm. and we're in a hotel in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, it's his birthday. Let's take a picture of him. 
So my wife put the bow tie on him, <laughs> and I go and I'm and I took the picture, mm-hmm. and we were shocked that he just stood up there like I, I was like, "That's God's doing," because he, to get that boy to stand still now is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> And he looked like he posed like, okay, He's this like, is, this is it, right. And so it was, it was only right. I had a choice between one other picture and that, and everybody voted that one. And I said, okay, that's it. He's going to kill me when he gets older, but <laughs> it's all good. It's, it, he's immortalized. You know, I'm actually going to take one of the books, sign it, put it in a glass case in the house, and a little stand, and just leave it there as his book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no How doubt. How dope is that? Yeah. What words of advice do you have for dads? Like, you know, a lot of dads, don't have relationship with their kids because mm-hmm. of the baby mama or whatever situation it is. What words of advice do you have for the dad? Oh man, that's crazy. That's probably why I took my time before I got married. Mm. Um, uh, that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a hard one. It's so broad. Right? Yeah, it's so, so broad. Thicker. I mean, it's you know, I would say that the way that I found myself to being the father that I am is by just loving myself and taking mm-hmm. the time to get to know me. Mm. You know, because that's what helped me. Because I was super immature too at mm-hmm. one point, and you know you I'm like always a growing. Hip-hop, you know, yeah. in yeah. the industry, performing, girls everywhere, music yeah. videos in the yeah. loop, yeah. VIP, walk right in the club, no mm-hmm. line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I summed it up, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, but no, nah, just take your time and, and just make sure the choice that you choose is your choice. You know, it's like people say. You know, like we talk about cheating, right? Like mm-hmm. I know, I'm like, listen, I, if I cheat on anyone, I'm cheating on myself. Mm-hmm. So why would I do that? Yeah. I chose that choice. So mm-hmm. there's no need for me to even get in that zone. Like, stop. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, so just make sure you understand your choices because that's what that book's about, choices. I don't mm-hmm. want to take away his pain from learning. I just mm-hmm. want him to know when he falls down, he knows how to get up. How long? You know, failure, you need failure to be successful. To learn and to be stronger and successful, yeah. yeah. I lost a lot to gain a lot. Mm. So let's talk about where they can find the book, where they can reach you, where they can follow your movements. Okay, so I have an investment club on Facebook. You can mm-hmm. join it for free. It's Investment Dojo. All you have to do is search it out. Spell that, D-O-J-O? Yep, okay. Dojo like karate. Dojo, D-O-J-O, Investment Dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, KDave1ST. So K-D-A-V-1-S-T. You can buy the book on Amazon, the ebook. You can buy the book on my blog. The paperback is The Pop Life dot blog the pop life dot blog is where the book is located and uh you know it's a fun and enjoyable read you know? are you traveling like the country to like to like public speak is that the goal or yeah i think my my platform is financial literacy i think okay. that um you know i'm an, i'm an insurance now i owned okay. an insurance company for the last eight years and you know, I find that when I walk into a house, the parents working at night, one's working at night, one's working in, the, you know, in the day and mm-hmm. they don't see each other. The kids are not being manned, not being watched. And that's why we got a lot of things happening. So I kind of figure like this, if we can learn a little bit about our finances, grow our money so we can spend more time with the people we love, then mm-hmm. it's that'll help our family unit. Because I come from the days when Mr. Softy was up the block. Hello. I don't <laughs> see it no more. <laughs> you know, kids Hello. ain't playing. They're in their phone. Yeah. You know, so if I'm, I have more time to monitor that, then we don't let the, the, you know, the social media babysit our kids. True that. So I want all of you to check out the book. It's Who's Your Daddy? 
what every son needs to know. Kevin Davis Sr. is the author, and he's right here in the building. Make sure you follow his, his movements, because I said so. We're going to wrap things up. Thanks so much, Kevin, for stopping by. It was so dope speaking to you, and high five to you. Uh, thank you much. And one more thing. You yes. can follow me on my YouTube channel, Investment Dojo, as well. Oh, okay. So Investment Dojo. Make sure you follow that YouTube and get your mind right with the money part of everything. Yes, ma'am. Your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters, 99 Jams. Once again, thank you everyone for joining the Investment Dojo. Happy holidays. Super Cindy, I appreciate you. Thank you for the interview. It was super dope. I'll see you guys soon. Happy holidays once again.